Hi, everybody. My name is Emily, host of the Fuel Your Freedom podcast. In the health and fitness space, there can be so many rules, recommendations, and oftentimes restrictions. On this show, we talk all things freedom. Whether you've been training for years or are looking to take the first steps in your health and fitness journey, this show will fuel your body, mind, and soul to break free from what you've heard in the past and find your version of health and fitness, the one that works for you. Now let's fuel our freedom. Welcome back, everybody, to the Fuel Your Freedom podcast, episode number 28. As always, my name's Emily, and I'll be your host for this week's show. Today, we are going to be diving into electrolytes, kind of some of the science behind them, why you might need them, why you might not need them, etc. So, might be a little bit of a shorter episode today. I'm not sure, but it will be a little bit more science-packed, so you might want to make sure you can jot down some notes or time uh, timestamps of the episode. So you kind of need to refer back to it if you need to. Or as always, you can check out the blog posts associated with it over on my website, coachemilymeyer.com. And that will have all the links to some of the products and research articles that I mentioned as well. So without further ado, let's just hop in. Um, with the end of the summer heating up quite literally here in Wisconsin, we're spending more and more time outside, right? We have workouts, yard work, exploring, maybe races, adventures. There's any number of reasons. But this inevitably leads to moving more in the heat and, for most people, higher rates of sweating. As we sweat, we likely need to take care to not only replace water, but to replace electrolytes. Now, this is probably something you've heard of before, but we're going to break it down right? So let's start from the very bottom. What are electrolytes? Simply put, they're small particles in our body that contain either a positive or negative charge. And many of the processes in the body rely on the balance of these electrolytes and the charges then associated with them in order to function, right? So we need these and we need the correct balance of them in our body. As we sweat, it's primarily made of water and electrolytes in various amounts. Most abundant, usually, in our sweat is sodium chloride, but potassium, magnesium, and calcium are also there as well, right? Now, everybody sweats at a different rate, and it's tough to say without measuring it, and there are things you can do to measure your sweat rate and measure how salty your sweat is, etc., but everybody sweats at a different rate. That being said, we can always assume we're likely losing some sort of electrolytes as we sweat, especially if you feel like after your skin dries, after that water evaporates and skin dries, you can feel kind of that crustiness on your skin. That's those electrolytes. That's likely that sodium, right? So when we're talking about exercise, we're largely concerned with the the electrolytes and the role in hydration and fluid balance, right? So dehydration as we sweat, if we are not intaking not only water, but electrolytes is highly likely, um, especially if we're out for a long period of time or and or 
it's extremely hot and humid out, right? There's been a lot of research in kind of the world of dehydration, but it increases your uh, rate of perceived exertion, so how hard you feel like you're working, but it also increases the strain of exercise physiologically. So they measured to get this, the core temperature and heart rate both were elevated when someone was dehydrated versus when they are not. And then as they continued to study dehydration greater than 2% of your body weight, so that's not really that much um, of, of your body weight, begins to further negatively impact aerobic and mental or cognitive performance. So it also has been found to uh, influence how well you're able to regulate your temperature. Uh, if you're dehydrated, right, we sweat, it cools us down. If we don't have the water in the body to sweat out, right, we're, our body temperature will inevitably be higher. Uh, and then more just exercise performance. So a lot of com interesting research um, that kind of shows a lot. And if we dive into more of the stats, which I won't get into because I think it's interesting, but you guys might not think it's interesting. Um, we can really see that we need to be replacing electrolytes for the large majority of people if you're doing things that warrant it, right? And we'll kind of get into that uh, in a bit. So like I said before, the amount we actually lose during exercise depends on a variety of factors, right? Our age, body composition, how acclimated we are to the heat, right? If we're more acclimated to the heat, we will have to sweat less to cool our body down, um, our genetics, etc., right? But on average, we can kind of use the general recommendations for hydration prior to, during, and after exercise. So the American College of Sports Medicine, or ACSM, states that we should be generally hydrated going into an exercise session. Now, they don't give an exact recommendation for hydration and just consuming water throughout the course of the day. I personally like the recommendation of one of 0.5 to 1 times your body weight in pounds in ounces per day, right? So, for the sake of easy math, if someone weighed 100 pounds, they would drink 50 to 100 ounces of water per day, right? Now, likely no one listening to this podcast is that is should be weighing 100 pounds, right? We're likely all adults, um, but I'm not going to try and do the math on a more complicated weight. So there you go. 0.5 to 1x body weight in pounds in ounces per day. Now, during exercise, things get a lot more complicated. Um, I mentioned a few of the factors above that sweat rate is influenced by, and we should really use caution, especially when we're exercising intensely for greater than three hours, right? If you're out for less than 75 minutes, the current ACSM guideline is it's likely only water should be warranted, right? Our electrolytes will likely be consumed in our dietary intake throughout the rest of our day. So we don't need to take care to add in another supplement, right? But if we are outside kind of between that 75 and three hour mark, it's likely that electrolytes and potentially glucose or carbohydrate supplements should be used, right? The goal here would be to prevent body weight loss greater than 2% as well as provide fuel to sustain that exercise performance, right? So 
The ACSM currently recommends 300 to 600 milligrams of sodium replacement per hour of exercise. Now, the exact values of potassium and magnesium are not defined, but they are typically included in electrolyte supplements, usually in the ones that I will recommend below, in like in the amounts that you would find them in the body. So there's certain ratios of all of these. Again, not going to bore you with the numbers, but the body has certain ratios of all of these different electrolytes. And typically in a lot of supplements, um, at least the ones that I personally enjoy um, because, and this is one of the reasons I enjoy them, is because they are formulated to match what would be uh, assumed to be the same sweat rate. So the same lost in my sweat rate, excuse me. So if I lost, I, I don't know, two to one, right, they would be included at a two to one ratio. And again, that's just an example. But following exercise, normal eating and drinking should be enough to replace fluids. Um, and again, if you're not utilizing electrolyte supplement during kind of that 75 hour to three or 75 minutes, excuse me, ooh, 75 hours, <laughs> 75 minutes to three hour mark, uh, making sure that you're perhaps supplementing one after uh, is is likely the best option there, right? So when we're looking at that 75 to three hour of like moderate to intense exercise or out in the heat, right, likely an electrolyte supplement might be warranted, um, potentially some sort of glucose supplement or just a snack, right? Bring a snack with you. Um, if you've ever done a long hike, you kind of know like, hey, we need a little snack in between. That's usually a pretty good indication. Um, if you're eating while you're out there, uh, if you need to eat, I should say, while you're out there, uh, usually bringing electrolytes probably isn't a bad idea. Um, now, if you're someone that's super hydrated all the time, kind of use your best judgment, right? If it's obviously cold outside, you're not going to be sweating as much. Perhaps you don't need to take as much care with supp supplementing with electrolytes. Um, you can likely get it in your food, right? Perhaps in your first bottle of the day or the first bottle of water of the day. You just add a little bit of pinch of sea salt um, in your water there and then just kind of eat normally throughout the day. So, it's tough to say um, without knowing your situation specifically, but definitely take care to kind of monitor hydration, especially, I don't even know if I've done a podcast on hydration, but super important. And electrolytes are just going to help to maintain that hydration status uh, within the body as well. So I talked about before, there's a few supplements that I like, and there's so many supplements out there for electrolytes. Probably the first ones that come to mind for you are Gatorade or Powerade, right? And they do have electrolytes in them. They also have quite a bit of carbohydrates uh, unless you get the zero sugar versions of them. But personally, I like ones that are powders that I can mix into my own liquid. So I can kind of control the concentration if I want to put it in more liquid or put it in less liquid. Um, those are kind of my personal favorite ones. But before we hop into the exact supplements, let's follow kind of four general guidelines that you can follow to make a choice if you need a supplement or not. So think of this as like the TLDR of the episode, like too long, didn't read or too long, didn't listen, TLDL of the episode, right? So here we go. Number one, make sure you're hydrating throughout your day, not only during exercise, right? Using an electrolyte supplement does not 
solely make up for the lack of proper fluid hydration intake outside of an exercise session, right? It's meant to go above and beyond. So using a supplement will not replace actually drinking water outside of your exercise. Look at the ingredients and make sure there are actually electrolytes in the supplement. Some vitamin drinks don't actually contain electrolytes um, or don't contain adequate electrolytes to what you may use, right? So the guideline rate of that um, 300 to 600 milligrams, they might only contain like 50 milligrams, but it will mark it as an electrolyte drink. Um, so you need to be be cautious of that, right? If you're just casually exercising, a lower or zero calorie option might be an appropriate choice, right? So if you are out for a long time, but you're not really exercising super intensely, you don't necessarily need a snack. We don't necessarily need super high amounts of carbohydrates during that session, right? Uh, During those long duration or high intensity sessions, like yes, we might need some, um, but it's not always necessary if we're not exercising as intensely. And then just a reminder, like these are all general guidelines, but if you do want a detailed, you know, more pre and post look at you specifically, if you perform like a pre and post weigh in, right? So if you weigh yourself before you exercise, go out and exercise and then come back and then you weigh in, right? This will tell you how much weight you essentially lost. And we can safely assume that you didn't immediately lose body fat in that you know, a couple hours that you were out. But this will tell you how much fluid that you can drink or should drink following exercise, right? So the current guideline on this is per kilogram of body weight lost, uh, you want to drink about a liter and a half of water, right? So just kind of a general note on post-exercise hydration. Now, probably the point you've all been waiting for. (laughs) Let's get into the supplements. I have four here that I like and I also want to touch on a fifth one that also I get asked about all the time. So first one, Liquid IV. They've gained quite a bit of popularity um, over the last year or so and personally I just love the flavors, right? There's so many delicious flavors of this one. Um, And the breakdown of electrolytes, again, is formulated to replace what's lost in sweat. I talked about that earlier Um, on average, right? There's lots of variables, but on average, um, I do mix it in probably twice the amount of water that they say. So it's not quite as sweet for me. It's not my favorite being super sweet, but twice the water, I'm good. Um, It is a little bit pricier than some other ones. So another one that I like for a more cost-effective option um, is hard work electrolytes. You can find them uh, linked in my uh, website, but I got them on Amazon and it's a calorie-free unflavored combination of electrolytes, right? So I'll use this one if I just want to put it in water um, and I'm spending a lot of time outside or I don't necessarily need the carbohydrate replacement. Um, Liquid IV does have some carbohydrate in it, not a ton, Um, but it does have it. So I'll usually use the hard work one if I'm around the house, if I'm just outside here, um, doing yard work or something and I need to be able to just eat real food. I don't want to just necessarily consume a bunch of sugar. Uh, the next one is element, um, spelled L M N T, right? And this is a great option if you need 
a lot of electrolytes. Um, I think their base pack, their sodium is like a thousand milligrams of sodium. So one pack will get you through multiple, multiple hours uh, within that 300 to 600 kind of gram milligram window uh, of the recommendation. This one doesn't have any of the added sugars that some of the other brands do. Um, and it is very lightly flavored. So again, like I mentioned, I don't really prefer things super sweet. So this is another one I really like. And then Tailwind is a brand that I use. I look at this like similar to a Gatorade powder. Um, it's a little bit different, but similar to a Gatorade powder, right? So this is a very carbohydrate and electrolyte heavy drink. Um, there are quite a significant amount of carbohydrates in it. So I'll use this uh, during my long duration running and training and running for a race. Um, it's a popular one that they usually have at aid stations and things like that. So this is the carbohydrate plus electrolyte option. Um, I also like salt stick. I know I said four, but now that I'm just talking about it, also like salt stick has like salt caps and you can just swallow them like a capsule. Um, and I do enjoy those as well. If I don't want to drink a ton of like liquids, um, if I am moving pretty fast when I'm running, I'll just have a pill um, and swallow a capsule that'll give me the electrolytes that I need. So I do keep those on me as well. Um, typically, again, when I'm running. So the final question that I get asked before we kind of sum the rest of this up, I always get asked about coconut water. And I love coconut water for fluid replacement and there are some electrolytes in it, but there usually is not enough kind of electrolytes to meet those recommendations. Like you would have to drink so much coconut water um, to be able to meet the guidelines. So if you don't need a ton of electrolytes, like if you're casually outside, right, and you just want to sip on something that's not water, probably a great option. Um, especially in those non-flavored uh, versions of it, right, that aren't loaded with a ton of, ton of sugar. Um, just the plain coconut water, not a bad option, but do know that the amount of electrolytes likely isn't enough to kind of get you to that 300 to 600 milligram option unless you're consuming large amounts of coconut water. So, like I said, all the links for all those products will all be on my website, uh, coachemilymeyer.com, on the blog post associated with this uh, episode. But that is all I have. So hopefully you guys learned a little bit, informed the kind of this end of summer going into fall. Hopefully it cools down. We won't need to utilize it too much. But even if you do, you know a little bit more uh, and you can save this one for when it is hot uh, or check out any of those brands as well. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Feel Your Freedom podcast. As always, if you know someone that would benefit from this show, share with them. That'd be great. It helps the show to grow. Um, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts and want to leave a rating and review, that would be great as well because that also helps the show to grow. So without further ado, I will chat with you guys next week. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Fuel Your Freedom. Remember, this show is all about action. Now it's time to take what you've learned and implement it into your health and fitness journey or even just your life. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and review on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want more, don't forget to follow me on all my social media platforms at Coach Emily Meyer and the podcast on Instagram at Fuel Your Freedom Podcast. Thanks for listening, and I'll chat with you next time.